Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. This episode of the Bears Talk Underground is brought to you by the Spotify Green Room. Formerly known as the Locker Room app, guys, Spotify Green Room is a live audio-only sports talk platform, free to download and use. Talk to me, other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time. It's perfect for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and reacting to breaking news. Share your own experiences on the app. Start or join ongoing conversations. Watch games together. React to the biggest news, rumors, and games. And of course, I host a weekly show every Wednesday night at 7 p.m. on the Spotify Green Room. The Bears Talk Underground presents Club 34-7. Be sure and join me. Come through and talk with me live. All you need to do is download the Spotify Green Room app free in the iOS or Android app store. Create a profile, link to your Twitter, and join into the group. Follow me to be notified when my room goes live. And, of course, every Wednesday night, 7 p.m. Central, 8 o'clock Eastern, is when Club 34-7 uh, hits the air. So be sure to join in on the fun, guys. You don't want to miss it. And be sure to follow me on the uh, on the app so that you'll know anytime that I go live because we'll be doing watch parties during the preseason. We'll be doing uh, knee-jerk reactions during halftime uh, during the season and things like that. Lots to do. This app opens up so many possibilities for interaction between me and you, my loyal audience. So be sure and download the Spotify Green Room app wherever you get your apps. <laughs> What's up, guys? Glory, glory, hallelujah. There are football gods after all because they uh, leaned heavily upon Matt Nagy for him to come to the realization that uh, Justin Fields should be our starting quarterback going forward. Um and uh, to tell you the truth, right now, I have a very pessimistic uh, point of view of how he came to that decision, and that is that he didn't come to it on his own, that it was something that came from above, probably uh, similar to him uh, passing off the play calling let to Bill Lazor uh, last week. And, you know, because on Monday, not even 48 hours ago, he was uh, adamant that uh, when healthy, Andy Dalton was the starting quarterback of the Chicago Bears, despite the fact that uh, Justin Fields looked like the starter last week against the uh, Lions. And now here we are, first thing Wednesday morning, he's meeting with the press saying that uh, after some internal discussions and blah, 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 Justin Fields is going to be our quarterback going forward, effectively putting this issue to bed outside of, uh, you know, maybe Justin Fields getting hurt knock on wood that doesn't happen but you know the Bears have enough challenges uh going into this football game as it is with no David Montgomery and quite possibly no Akeem Hicks uh as well so um we're gonna need all of the uh help that we can get and uh I believe that Justin Fields gives us a better chance to beat the Raiders on Sunday than Andy Dalton would so um and again I have to reiterate I feel badly for for Andy Dalton because I've been saying since the preseason, I don't believe that he got a fair shake uh, in the preseason by the team that he was put on the field with. Uh, no Allen Robinson, no uh, Marquise Goodwin. Uh, you know, maybe a few snaps out of uh, Darnell Mooney and uh, and 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 whatnot. A, a patchwork offensive line, none of which is playing in front of him uh, right now for the most part. And, uh, yeah, and he was put on the field with that, uh, with that horror show. And uh, surprise, surprise, he didn't look that sharp. But, uh, you know, and then, in the, and then we, you know, had to play uh, the, the Rams on week one where he didn't look sharp, but that was probably had more to do with uh, 
Nagy calling the plays than anything else, uh, you know, based on what we saw against Detroit on uh, Sunday. And, uh, you know, also being in front of a uh, top-notch defense in the uh, with the Rams. So, I don't know. And also that we had to abandon our game plan about midway through the third quarter because we were down by two touchdowns. So, yeah. Yeah. And, and, and also that Nagy was sticking to the whole, you know, uh, playing into the strengths of the Rams' defense by keeping everything under 10 yards uh, in that game. So I'm going to move on before I just keep discovering more reasons why Andy Dalton kind of got screwed over in this situation. But, you know, I, I like I said, I, I feel badly uh, for him. I don't feel like he got a chance to really show his stuff to us as the, as the fan base of the team that he was trying to lead. And uh, unfortunately, the opportunity was taken from him. Uh, it's one of those uh, supposed unwritten things in sports that you don't lose your job to injury. But uh, sadly, in today's uh, NFL, when something like this happens, when, uh, you know, this this unique situation that he's in, if if this was the Pat Mahomes situation where Andy Dalton had been with us for the last five years and he was the one that took us to the playoffs two out of three years and not Mitch Trubisky, I'm sure that this would be a much different situation that he might as well, he may as well have gotten his job back after, uh, you know, with him being healthy. Because I saw today on Wednesday, he was a full participant in practice, which tells me he would have been healthy enough to play on Sunday. But, you know, sadly, this is his first year in Chicago. A lot of Bear fans didn't want him to begin with, especially after the uh, the teaser with Russell Wilson and, and supposedly being close to making that deal uh, happen, but uh, you know, he comes along, and then about a month, a month and a half later, on draft night, we pick Justin Fields, a guy that wasn't supposed to land in our laps, but he did. So it was just a bad situation for Andy Dalton from the beginning. Uh, from everything I hear, he's taken the thing like a champ from the beginning. He was even the one that uh, asked for the opportunity to tell Justin because I'm sure they told him first that uh, we're going to be going with Justin from here on out kind of thing and being the uh being the stand-up guy that he was that he is he uh he was the one that reached out to Justin to tell him that the job was him and his and that he would be supporting him um going forward so yeah kudos to Andy Dalton and like I said the the one thing about signing Andy Dalton was that um you know I, I kind of hope that it meant that once Justin Fields took over that not only would he be the quarter or the backup for the remainder of the season, but that maybe he could be enticed to stay next season and going forward uh, as well, because that would be a very nice alternative uh, to have a 10-year pro with playoff experience and so on and so forth to, uh, you know, back up Justin Fields, God forbid, if anything happened. I know that's twice that I've mentioned that happening now, so hopefully I'm not tempting fate by saying it. I'm not talking it into reality, but... Uh, Again, uh, like I said, I, I feel poorly for, for Andy Dalton. Uh, kudos to him for, for taking it as well as he reportedly has. And, um, you know, we're on to the Justin Fields era officially now. Not because of injury or anything like that. It's his football team uh, going forward. Uh. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. 
The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. And for now and to the next, you know, 20 years, I mean, the shape this kid is in, hopefully he'll you know, be talking about, hey, you know, it's been 20 years with the Bears and six Super Bowls and things like that. When are you going to retire, Justin? Ah, I could play until I'm 60. I feel so good, you know. Who knows? But um, anyway, uh, it's the uh, preview episode. We had our good friend from Locked On Raiders, Q Myers, uh, on the show to talk about this game. And we recorded it on Tuesday night, so we did not yet know that uh, Justin Fields was going to be named the starter. And you will see that in the like the last third of the uh, interview where I'm trying to, where I'm asking Q his opinion on what's going on with this situation. You know, what, what do you, what do you think here with, um, with what's going on with, uh, with fields and, and, and Dalton and, and all this. And the, like I said, I think the thing that gets lost in this whole thing is that it's not really a, a slight on Andy Dalton. He's not a bad quarterback, but he's just not Justin Fields. And once we uh, once we got a regular season taste of what this kid would looks like uh, would look like against uh, NFL defenses and uh, and what have you, we just as a fan base just wanted wanted to see him out there as opposed to uh, what we knew we could expect from Andy Dalton. So anyway, uh, we did talk to Q about the game. Uh, we were talking on Tuesday night, like I said, right on the heels of their Monday night loss to the uh, to the Chargers. It was their first loss of the season, so they were 3-0 and going into that Monday nighter against their uh, division rival and came up short 28-14 to uh, in that one. Uh, one that actually made the Raiders look human, especially on the offensive side uh, of the football. I mean, they made a they got shut out in the first half, and they made it interesting uh, into the, in the third and, and fourth quarter, but ultimately the Chargers uh, were just... Uh, too much for them or, or built a lead that was uh, insurmountable because they were up 21 to nothing at one point before the Raiders came uh, roaring back. They made it 21 to 14 at one point before the Chargers put it uh, put it away. But in the first half, it was kind of like a blueprint defensively for what the Bears could do to slow down slash stop the uh, Raiders offense getting after David Carr because the Bosa and company just had their way with the uh, offensive line uh, of the Raiders. So it was something that Q and I talked about and, um, and we covered tons uh, else with the, uh, with the Raiders. So uh, what do you say we go ahead and get started? It is the week five preview episode of the Bears talk underground. So let's get to it. Week number five has our beloved Chicago Bears uh, in their away home, away home schedule going back out on the road this time for their very first trip out to Allegiant Stadium uh, to take on the Las Vegas Raiders uh, in, a, in a stadium that I'm very interested to see. How heavy is it going to be black and gold versus blue and orange? And here to help us uh, give us a little insight on what that might look like from Locked On Raiders, Q Myers. Q, welcome back to the show, man. Hey, thank you for having me on the show, man. I appreciate you. So, man, how's uh, how's Vegas treating you? You're you're a big shot out there now. <laughs> no, nah, never a big shot, but it's it's <laughs> great, man. It's been very busy. It's been a lot of fun following the Raiders so far this season. It's been great. Uh, obviously, they took that L on Monday night to the Chargers, but yeah. still three and one overall. Uh, four tough teams to start the season off with. So uh, things are good, man. Allegiant Stadium, you mentioned it. It's a beautiful place to to check out a game, be there. Uh, it's going to be very loud. It's going to be very proud. There'll be a lot of silver and black. I don't know how much gold and black, but there'll be a lot of silver and Did black. Did I say gold? Yeah. Oh, my bad. <laughs> but it happens. There's a little bit of gold and, and you know, a little little glitz and glamour up there I in the guess. stadium. But mm-hmm. it'll, it'll be a lot of fun, man. It'll be very exciting. Of course, Khalil Mack returning to, to uh, you know, play his former team. That's always a little bit special. And yeah. uh, based off the performance that the Raiders had, especially their offensive line on Monday night, Khalil Mack's probably licking his chops right now, thinking he's got an opportunity to get after his good buddy, Derek Carr, so it should be fun Sunday uh, Sunday afternoon at Allegiant. Yeah, with the way that uh, Bosa and company got after uh, got after the Raiders uh, on Monday night, uh, you know he and uh, Robert Quinn thinking they're gonna get some eating in on uh, on Sunday when when they come to visit. Yeah, it could be uh, could be interesting uh, 
uh, for sure. So, I mean, because I've had the luck of pretty much being able to watch the, the Raiders play almost every game so far this year. I, I watched a lot of the, the Baltimore game and the Monday night game because, of course, that was enhanced by the Manning cast. And who knew that was going to work out as well as it did? Um, right. But that, you know, crazy game and then the overtime and then you won the game, but then you didn't and you gave the ball back and then you got a fumble and then you won the game and just how crazy that whole overtime period win was. But the whole point of it was you guys persevered and came away with a victory over a very good football team that has basically been undefeated since beating you guys or losing uh, to you guys. And then the, uh, the, the big road win over Pittsburgh. Uh, and then you got your revenge on the uh, the Dolphins last week before last night's uh, game against the uh, the Chargers. So it's been a crazy first four weeks uh, for the Raiders so far. Yeah, it has. Uh, it's been a roller coaster affair, especially at Allegiant Stadium. So you know, a couple of overtime games, like you mentioned. Uh, you know, and of course, Raider Nation they have their uh, heart attack games. It's kind of something. Uh, as you follow the Raiders that you're kind of get accustomed to and used to. But, yeah. uh, you know, good teams find ways to win, even if it's ugly, and they did. And I do think this team is a good team, but uh, they ran into some tough times on Monday night against the Chargers, so they got to get back to the, the drawing board. they got to figure some things out. That offensive line has got to come together. Again, they're struggling so far, and really the Raiders have been winning despite the offensive line really trying to struggle and come together. And so uh, now Tom Cable and company have a, a, a real big job on their hands on a short week to try to figure out how they're going to go and try to slow down Robert Quinn, how they're going to try to slow down Khalil Mack. Because, again, uh, Derek Carr doesn't want to be running for his life. He doesn't want to be uh, on the ground in the fetal position because he's getting hit all, all the time. Yeah. And, you know, if you're going to use your weapons, the only way to do it is be able to get some time to throw on the rock. So uh, it's going to be interesting, man. It's going to be a heck of a chess match. And like I said, Tom Cable, the offensive line coach, has his, his work cut out for him this week. So in in the time that I got to watch the Monday night game week one the 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 dose of the the game I got to watch I watched most of the Miami uh, game I don't recall the offensive line being as big an issue as it was uh, against the Chargers was that Brandon Staley just being a genius and figuring out how to uh, expose the Raiders offensive line or was that something that maybe I was missing when I was watching the other games. You know, it's a little bit of both. Uh, there's There's been struggles at times. I mean, the offensive line, Rodney Hudson's no longer there. The right. center, he was moved on from. Uh, he, they, he traded him to Arizona. Then they traded Gabe Jackson to Seattle. And, you know, the thing about it is they thought they had Denzel Good, who did a really good job uh, filling in last season. He tore his ACL week one. And then Richie Incognito was supposed to come back from a Achilles injury. Not a tear, but Achilles injury. And he hasn't played it all this year. So right. they got... Uh, you know, John Simpson, the former fourth round pick out of Clemson, he's holding that position down. They got a new center in Andre James. He's still trying to fill out the position. And then, by the way, you got a rookie right tackle that might not end up being a right tackle after all, depending on how things shake out and Alex Leatherwood. So it's just kind of been a work in progress. We all knew uh, anyone covering the Raiders, as myself, all knew that it was going to be uh, it was going to be a work in progress. You just I mean, the offensive line is the one unit that doesn't get that much work in preseason and yeah. training camp and just regular practice because you're not really blocking anything too much. I mean, it's just the way that the CBA set up, you can't really do a whole lot of physical blocking. So to become a cohesive unit, they really got to do that and be that unit. Then, and they got to kind of gel during the regular season. So it's been a, it's been a tough haul. Uh, again, they've, they, they come out four or three and one after four games. So uh, even though it's not great, it's not bad. You know, a lot of Raider fans would take three and one if you, if you said at the beginning of the season when they looked at the schedule, playing yeah. uh, a couple teams, actually three teams that had 10-plus wins a year ago, and then also the Chargers, who you knew had a really good defense, uh, all AFC opponents. So, uh, again, it's, it's not doom and gloom, but there's a lot to work on, as I mentioned, uh, for Tom Cable to get that offensive line right before uh, Khalil and, and Robert Quinn get to town. Yeah, it should be uh, an interesting uh, matchup because I, I know that um, – you know, we saw the Bears and, and me can, uh, as well, you know, that uh, kind of softening on the doom and gloom after watching last night's game is like, well, we can get to the passer uh, as well. Or like we have the guys that that can do it. Robert Quinn is playing like the guy we thought we signed last year. It's like, how hurt was he? Because he was a shell of his former self last season. And there he is. He's got four and a half sacks in the first four games. He's got a couple of strip sacks. Uh, in there he's constantly in there on the pause like this is the guy that we signed you know it was like during the entire offseason Robert Quinn was somebody like we should just cut him and take the loss and move on this guy's obviously past his prime and uh, and all that kind of stuff only for him to be the revelation of the defense this year and stepping up uh, the, the way that he has so I mean he's been a a pleasant surprise uh, for us 
this year. I mean, it's weird to call him a surprise, but that what is what he was considering what he gave us last year. Has there been anybody else that stepped up for you guys that's kind of been a surprise and came out of nowhere? Um, I, I wouldn't really say a surprise, but Max Crosby is a lot better than he was his first two years. I mean, mm. his first year he came on the scene, had about 10 sacks. That was a really good rookie year. Took a little bit of a step back his second year, only having seven sacks. But uh, this year, even though he doesn't have the complete sack numbers, he only has a couple on the season so far, uh, he's a guy that gets a lot of pressure on the yeah. quarterback. So he's fast. He's furious. He's getting after the QB. He's running mate Unique Ngakwe, who the Raiders brought in as a free agent. has been really good. And really, I, I just think, Honestly, the biggest surprise for me when it comes to the Raiders is just the defense in general, that they were able to turn things around as quickly as, as they have been under Gus Bradley. And, uh, you know, I think that that's the biggest key because their offense has always been good, but they haven't had a defense for a very long time. Even going back to 2016, the last time they made the playoffs, the defense wasn't that good. They just created a bunch of turnovers. And, of course, uh, Khalil Mack was on that squad at that time and helped create a bunch of those turnovers. But uh, that was really what it was. The defense wasn't very good. So, uh, you know, see Gus Bradley be able to get this thing turned around as far as the defense goes and at least be complimentary football. It's not lights out. I'm sure Chicago's defense is still way better than the, the, the Raiders, but they can play complimentary football. They can get the ball back for the offense and uh, give them a chance as they've done because they've come from behind uh, in two out of the three games or two out of the four games, actually, uh, that they've had. No, three out of the four games. Yeah, three out of the four games. Two games they spotted the uh, team's 14 points. And then uh, on Monday night, they spotted the Chargers 21, and they came back. They weren't able to get all the way back, but they were still able to get back and make it a competitive game. So sure. uh, the offense can cook if they give, give themselves an opportunity, and the defense is doing just that. Right, and that's why um, looking forward to this game became very interesting uh, for Bear fans because we know that we have a secondary that could be easily – easily be exploited. I mean, we, we, we showcased that week one on national television, Sunday night football, uh, against the Rams, Jamar chase with a big play against us week number two. And then, you know, week three Jarvis, well, not Jarvis Landy, uh, Odell Beckham, uh, you know, was, was, uh, open for big plays, uh, against us yesterday. The, the lions were, or excuse me, Sunday, the lions were able to, um, narrow the gap a little bit, uh, in the fourth quarter with what seemed like the easiest drive I've seen against our defense all season, uh, scoring a touchdown and make it 24 to 14 in the fourth quarter, which is where that offensive line becomes so important for you guys this week. Because I think that if they can give, if give, give a uh, car enough time to throw the ball on, uh, on Sunday, which he did not have last night with Bosa and company breathing down his neck, there might be room for you guys to hurt us in the passing game. Well, yeah, Derek Carr has been playing really well all season long. I mean, he really has, and, and I don't really care what Joey Bosa has to say. Uh, Derek yeah. Carr is a really good quarterback, and he's done some really good things, and he's led this team to, like I said, three victories out of four weeks against three or four really tough teams, really, defenses for sure. And uh, I just think that he's taken another step. You know, I, I thought he kind of peaked out in 2019, even a little bit last year, but uh, this season he's really taken command of this offense and, and, and put it all on him to to go and get it done. He just kind of has, has a different attitude, a different approach. Um, nothing bad. It's not like it was a bad approach before. It's just kind of like one of those, uh, he's just going to go out there and ball and not really think too much, and that's what he's doing. So Derek Carr's been doing a really good job, and the Raiders have a bunch of weapons. Henry Ruggs is better. Brian Edwards is healthy, and he's good. Darren Waller, don't even have to talk about him. Right. Hunter Renfro, he's pretty amazing. You know, he doesn't look like the, the most athletic or the scariest-looking wide receiver, but the dude can play. So uh, there's a lot of good weapons on that Raiders offense, and Derek Carr's been able to take advantage. But it all goes back to the roots, man. It all goes back to the offensive line. If he's got time to get the ball to his weapons, the Raiders can be dangerous. If he doesn't, well, it's another story. Yeah, they can be especially dangerous. Uh, against us because we outside of Jalen Johnson uh, and and I'm and I hate saying this because that also includes Eddie Jackson but outside of Jalen Johnson everybody else in the secondary is suspect for one reason uh, or another you know Eddie Jackson uh, Sean Gibson's missed the last couple of weeks with a hamstring injury Deion Bush has been in there for him uh, Kendall Vildor other starting corner and uh, Duke Shelley's been playing the nickel since week two uh, we're still getting gashed for some plays. We're still, you know, having these uh, these brain farts in the secondary that are opening big holes uh, for our opponents. And you guys have the talent that you can do to us what I what the Rams did. Not only can you make us pay for it, but you can make us pay in the worst way with like, oh, there's Darren Waller wide open down the middle of the field. Well, nobody's going to catch him. Uh, he's going to run it in for a touchdown from 70 yards out because we forgot who was covering who uh, on that one. Yeah, it sounds like uh, it sounds like some communication issues, you yeah. know. And so 
Uh, who knows? Uh, like I said, it, it should be interesting, man, but it, it's all going to boil down to if the Raiders can actually uh, protect Derek Carr. And, yeah. and really, the, the, the protection wasn't very good. It, it, it got better in the second half. I don't want to make it sound like it's just terrible. It got better in the second half, Monday Night Football. But uh, the first half, it, it just it, it was bad and didn't give the offense a chance to do anything. And they got them down 21 nothing, And they just weren't able to come back from that from that, uh, you know, that kind of deficit, even though they were, you know, came out in the second half at 14 straight points and then, boom, had the ball back uh, driving, you know, with the chance to go down and tie the tie the game up, weren't able to get it done, uh, tried to kick a field goal and missed it. And so, uh, yeah, it just kind of ended the night for the Raiders. But, uh, yeah, I mean, if given a chance, man, they, they could be very dangerous. So, uh, so communication problems on defense, you got to gotta watch out for that. So wait a minute, Q. You mean that your team was, was unsuccessful at doing something in the first half they went in in halftime and made adjustments. Are, are are we allowed to do that? Because I just watched the Bears get Justin Fields sacked four times in the first half against the Browns, and then they did nothing and got sacked five more times in the second half. I mean, I thought it was against the rules to make adjustments, but you guys actually changed something up so that they were less effective at rushing the passer. Well, I, yeah, I think that you know the offensive line uh, coach Tom Cable, he, he did a good job of trying to to make things a little bit more creative and a yeah. little bit uh, easier on them. Yeah, and I'll I'll say this: I think uh, I think that the Bears made some adjustments on uh, you know protecting Justin Fields in in game two from game one. Game one against the 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 Browns, Browns. was abysmal. You know, yes. it really was as far as uh, you know protecting them. But I think they did a lot better job in game two. So maybe they just took a little bit of time to make some adjustments. Yeah, but that's the thing though, Q. It, it's one thing to make adjustments after the fact. It's right. one thing entirely to do what you guys did last night, which was figure out how to keep your quarterback upright so your offense could function. And that is not what we did uh, against the Browns. And that's why the big adjustment that we made going into Detroit was Nagy firing himself as the play caller. And Bill Lazor was in there calling the plays, and he was the one that had six- and seven-man protections that allowed Justin Fields the time to sit in the pocket and find Darna Mooney for a 64-yard pass in the, in the second quarter, for a 35-yard pass later on in the game, for the, those deep middle routes to Allen Robinson uh, and things like that. So, yeah, that was us correcting a huge mistake, but we had to let one – somebody had to get his ego out of the way in order for us to make the necessary adjustments to look like a competent football team as opposed to someone who looked like they had no business getting off the bus against the Browns. So, you know, I mean, <laughs> right. that's why I was, you know – joking like that and exaggerating because it was just like wait a minute you guys actually made adjustments during the game who does that you know because my guys don't like to do that or at least we didn't last week and that's why we had to damn near fire the head coach in order to to get some kind of progress uh out of our out of our football team but um one thing that was interesting last night is um you lost uh was it Damian Arnett that went down last night yeah, Arnett went down. Uh, there's no report yet uh, how serious any of the injuries are. Trayvon Mullen left the game with a foot injury. Arnett has a groin injury. Uh, yeah, multiple guys. Nate Hobbs could possibly be out with a concussion. I mean, there's there's a, there's a lot of guys that are down right now, man. The Raiders are the walking wounded. So later on this week, we'll uh, obviously get more report of, of who's down, who's going to be active, who's not going to be active, you know, if these guys are questionable or not. But uh, as of right now, John Gruden met with the media on Tuesday and just said that, uh, there's a potential that some of these guys could be uh, lost for a long time, you know, some some long-term injuries. So uh, mm-hmm. some to monitor and pay attention to, but it doesn't sound good on the injury front as far as the Raiders are concerned. Yeah, because I was thinking if you guys are getting shallow in the secondary, you could get uh, Hunter Renfro back there, play deep safety or or something with the, the way that he, uh, you know, played that uh, that fake punt last night. Yeah. And he lit that, that dude up, knocked the ball right. loose and all that kind of stuff. It was like Hunter Renfro is a football player. Not just the wide receiver. Football player. He's yeah. fun. He's fun to watch, man. He's a good dude. Yeah, he was uh like his claim to fame up until last night was he was the guy that caught the game winning touchdown from Deshaun Watson in the title game a few years back and uh with no time left uh, and whatnot. But now he's out here lighting people up on national TV. It's like you might have to watch out, partner Renfo, you try that tricky stuff. Right. No, he's he's a smart football player, man. He's been a really good uh piece to the offense ever since the Raiders drafted him. You know, he's He's always available. He always, uh, just like he did for Deshaun Watson at Clemson, he always made himself available and found a way to sit down in the hole in the zone and and uh, and, and come up with the big catches. That's why they call him third to Renfro. Going all the way back to college, they call him that. And that's exactly what he's been for the Raiders. And 
Uh, every game so far this season, he's had at least five catches, and he's only one of, I believe, eight guys across the NFL that has done that so far. So, yeah, yeah, he's he's definitely a special player for the Silver and Black. So we talked about the offensive line. We touched on on Derek Carr. Let's talk about the uh, running game because it was an issue for the Bears on Sunday when Akeem Hicks left the game uh, with a groin injury. We don't know what his status is uh, right now, but we as Bear fans were excited because it was the first time this year that we had Hicks um, – Goldman and Khalil Mack, Robert Quinn, all on the field together, and that lasted all of one play. He literally got hurt on the first play on defense. Keem Hicks goes down, and the Lions took advantage of that. I mean, thankfully, our offense put up points that they had to abandon the run about midway through the third quarter, but they had success running the football when they needed to, and that was actually one of the big things that killed the Bears in our last game out in London was Josh Jacobs was eating big time uh, running the football against the, the Bears uh, so I was wondering what the running game has been looking like these days. Well, it's been pretty non-existent. It hasn't looked very good at all. Uh, I actually thought one of the biggest keys to the game against the, the Chargers was going to be get the run game going because their defense has been so bad against the run. They were ranked 32nd, uh, 170 yards per game they were giving up. And uh, the Raiders barely had, I think, what, 50 yards, 48 yards maybe is what they had on the ground. Just haven't been able to get things cooking. Uh, the offensive line is one thing, but Josh Jacobs, who missed two games and Returned on Monday, he just didn't look like himself yet. Just I don't think he was really in, in game shape the, the way he should be. Uh, Peyton Barber, who had a good game against Miami, had 111 yards. He went out with a foot injury, so who knows how long he's going to be out. Uh, be out. Uh, you know. And then Kenyon Drake, who was signed to be a good one-two punch for Josh Jacobs and with Josh Jacobs, uh, has been disappointed running the ball between the tackles. So he's good at catching the ball in the backfield, but he just hasn't done a whole lot as far as the run game. So maybe they'll throw the ball to Drake and – kind of like little small, short dump-off passes, like extended runs. Uh, and then maybe Jalen Richard will come back. He's been on IR all season. He hasn't played at all, uh, but there's a chance that he can come back this week. And uh, he's, he practiced a little bit last week, so the 21-day window is open uh, for him to be activated. Uh, we'll see if he if he actually ends up you know, joining the team this week or not. But uh, right now, the Raiders need all the help they can get in the run game because it's been a struggle so far this season. Really? What was, what was Jacobs out with again? Jacobs had a foot injury, then okay. he earned, yeah, he had a toe injury first, and then he had an ankle injury. Uh, the ankle injury was really the, the biggest issue, and uh, he missed two games, and he returned on Monday. Right, I, didn't, I did uh, you know, hear that he was back uh, last, night against the, uh, the, last night against the Chargers, because I, I just say just, you know, with the way that the Lions, and, and that's not something that's, you know, usually here in the same sentence, and Lions and good running game, not since Barry Sanders retired have they had either of those things, and they had good success running the ball against us, like, what are we going to do when we're running against a real running back like Jacobs next week, uh, you know, in, in, in Vegas uh, and everything, I was wondering what that might look like, but the, the running game is struggling right now, that makes me feel a little bit uh, better, but then again, you know, the pessimistic Bear fan in me is like, yeah, wait till Sunday when Jacobs runs for a buck fifty and three touchdowns on us. Because right. the Bears always have this reputation, good defense, bad defense, of whatever's not working for you will work spectacularly against my guys. That's that's the glass half empty view uh, of the Bears and, and their, their possible uh, response to your running game next week. Well, I mean, the Raiders, they want to run the ball. That's for sure. John Gruden wants to do that. That's how he uh, gets his offense cooking. But Again, it just hasn't happened, and that goes back to Derek Carr. you got to give him a lot of credit. He's been putting the offense on his shoulders, and he's been throwing the ball around the yard, and he's been getting it done. And, again, to be 3-1 and one after four weeks uh, of the season, going up against some really good teams, uh, that's, that's something that I think everybody uh, that's a Raider fan would take. Uh, they would accept that and be happy with it. And uh, so now you're going to learn a lot about this team on Sunday. How do you take a, a loss on a short week uh, with a struggling offensive line and a struggling uh, uh, run game? and get things get things you know back on track you know how, how do they develop and how do they continue to get back uh you know what they were doing back to winning ways uh that's gonna see you'll see a lot of the character of this team uh come sunday so it should be interesting to see how it all shakes out this episode of the bears talk underground is brought to you by the spotify green room Formerly known as the Locker Room app, guys, Spotify Greenroom is a live audio-only sports talk platform free to download and use 
Talk to me, other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time. It's perfect for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and reacting to breaking news. Share your own experiences on the app. Start or join ongoing conversations. Watch games together. React to the biggest news, rumors, and games. And, of course, I host a weekly show every Wednesday night at 7 p.m. on the Spotify Green Room. The Bears Talk Underground presents Club 34-7. Be sure and join me. Come through and talk with me live. All you need to do is download the Spotify Green Room app free in the iOS or Android app store. Create a profile, link to your Twitter, and join into the group. Follow me to be notified when my room goes live. And, of course, every Wednesday night, 7 p.m. Central, 8 o'clock Eastern, is when Club 34-7 uh, hits the air. So be sure to join in on the fun, guys. You don't want to miss it. And be sure to follow me on the uh, on the app so that you'll know anytime that I go live because uh, we'll be doing watch parties during the preseason. We'll be doing uh, knee-jerk reactions during halftime uh, during the season and things like that. Lots to do. This app opens up so many possibilities for interaction between me and you, my loyal audience. So be sure and download the Spotify Green Room app wherever you get your apps. <coughs> yeah, I mean, as there, I mean, I know that the, the, the first game, well, you know, the first losses was just yesterday, so it's still pretty fresh. We're recording this on Tuesday uh, night. And the reason I'm asking this is, is to, to lead into, you know, what you know is probably going on with the Bears right now, or at least on, from the outside. Like, I don't know what it's like in the locker room. All I can say is that the Bears and the fans are kind of at odds with each other uh, right now. Is any kind of doom and gloom surrounding the Raiders after that loss? Kind of like they've been, you know, two overtime games, one with Baltimore, another one with with Miami, you're three and one, but you very well could be one and three if those overtime periods go go sideways uh, on you. I mean, is is it an optimistic one and three, or is it a yeah but, or excuse me, optimistic three and one, or is it a yeah but kind of three and one, where it's like we could be one and three, we could be zero oh and four. We, you know, it's like what's the what's the attitude surrounding the team right now? No, it's very optimistic. I mean, the team is a good team. Yeah, they, they really are. They're they're very good, actually. You know, and and. Uh, it just seems like again that they've had some some issues putting some some teams away, but they find ways to overcome it. And mm-hmm. uh, you got to give them a lot of credit. Uh, John Gruden mentioned after I forget what loss or what, what win it was. I guess I think it was Miami. I, I guess it was. And he said, "Hey, I'm not apologizing for any kind of win. A win is a win. You, you don't apologize for those." And so uh, <laughs> I, I just think that they're they're doing what they do. They're finding ways to win. It's a long season uh, to get off to you know get three wins in the AFC. In, in conference play is important. Now they lost to the Chargers, which was a fourth straight game. But, I mean, that's just that's, – that's important, you know. And it could end up playing out uh, in the wild card. It could be playing out in the division. I mean, right now, look at the AFC West, one of the toughest divisions in football. you got three teams that are sitting there 3-1 and one, and the Chiefs that are 2-2. Two, two. So, if, at the beginning of the season, if I had told you that was going to be uh, the, the records of the teams after the first four weeks, you probably would have called me a liar. You would have thought that the Chiefs would have been on top. But uh, the nature of the beast is, is you know, it's always going to be – you know, it's always going to come full circle. And so right now uh, it's, it's a very competitive division. It's been fun to watch. Yeah, you wouldn't have thought that uh, one of – if you'd have been able to buy into three teams in the AFC West being three and one, you wouldn't have picked the Broncos to be one of them. Right. You know, after no, what no, the, especially with their quarterback issues. Yeah. But, I mean, look at the Raiders' schedule. You probably wouldn't have said the Raiders were going to be three no, and one either. No, not at all. You I know? mean – with so. uh, I mean, I I think that it's it, the writing's kind of been on the wall that Pittsburgh – has is not going to be what they were before. I mean, they're one and three so far this year, and the one that they got was one of those week one games, you know, where it's like someone out of nowhere is going to win a one week game, a week one game that nobody can explain. And the 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 Bills have looked like the Bills since losing that game, and the Steelers have looked like a shell of them former selves uh, afterwards. But beating Baltimore on Monday night. Miami was a, you know, 10-win team that didn't make the playoffs last year, you know, and the Chargers were were a team that should have been that were 6 and 10 but could have easily been 10 and 6, 11 and 5 if they would have learned how to close games out last year, something I guess they figured out how to do thus far with them being uh, three and one. So yeah, it was it was not a, a, pretty, a pretty schedule uh, going into it. So to to be three and one, yeah, there would be room for for optimism for sure. Despite how you won, you persevered and you hung in there against some good football teams to to pull those wins out. 
Yeah, no doubt about it. Absolutely. Again, I mean, there's you, you can't really be upset at a 3-1 and one start to the season. It doesn't get too much better than that. Of course, 4-0 would be ideal, but right now it's only one team in the league that's 4-0. So, you know, I mean, that's just – it doesn't get too much better than when the, the Raiders are sitting at right there. Again, they, it's, it's, it's a small sample size. The season's very long. Things can go south quick, fast, in a hurry, or things can get better. You know, things yeah. can continue to improve. But, again, they got to put the work in. They're going to get back in the lab. They're going to try to prepare for this game against the Bears on Sunday. And, uh, you know, they're going to hope for the best and go out there and, and, and try to get back on into the, the win column. You know, you know, the thing about it is, and, and this is something that, uh, you know, I, I'll go to my grave and believe that you just can't allow one loss to beat you twice. And so the Raiders yeah. have to do the best job to flush that, throw away the tape if that's what they got to do, and just get back to, hey, it's a new week. And just try to go one and zero this week. I know it sounds like coach speak, but it's real as it gets. Don't allow another uh, game to beat you twice. And look, the Raiders have done that in the past. They've allowed some losses to beat them twice. They cannot do that this time around. Yeah, the Bears let that happen six times in a row last year, right in the middle of the uh, right in the middle of the season. We let one uh, one loss kind of fold into the one after it, and you know all that kind of stuff. And before you knew it, we went from five and one and you know best team in the league or best record in the league number one seed in the nfc to five and seven on the outside looking in uh at the playoffs and somehow and thankfully because we had the texans the vikings who had the world's worst defense last year and the jaguars were able to claw claw our way back into the playoff race last year but there was that six game losing streak there in the middle it was like one just kind of snowballed uh into the into the other. So not only did one game beat us twice, that one game beat us six times in a row. Right. Yeah, you can't do that. You can't do that. So that's uh, that's the key. That's the biggest key for John Gruden and his coaching staff is uh, to figure out how to get those guys back on the right track and do what they got to do. And so, like I said, it'll be a big test on Sunday, but uh, at least it's a short week. They can get that taste of that bad Monday night game out of their mouth and just, like I said, turn the page to Chicago. Yeah, no time to uh, no time to linger on it because you got one last nope. day to uh, one last day to prepare. Uh, yep. for this uh, for this game uh, on Sunday. Now, what are the Bears walking into uh, on Sunday? You've you're out in Vegas now. You've you obviously you've been you were at the Baltimore and Miami games, correct? Yep. So yep, what's the absolutely. atmosphere been like? Because that was something we talked about over the summer. You were kind of wondering this is, you know, it's it's not California. So it's not like going from from Oakland to L.A. and, and back again uh, like the Raiders had done before. It's a, it's a different market. It's a new place, a new stadium, uh, uh, two years removed from when they had fans in the building because Allegiant Stadium, beautiful facility, opened last year to zero fans uh, last season. What's the atmosphere been like um, in the first two games of the season? It's incredible. It really is. The fan base is there, of course. Uh, it's, it's packed out. Uh, it's loud. It's, it's, it's fun. The entertainment is incredible and gets the, the team fired up. I mean, it's, it's everything you would ask for and then some. I mean, the stadium is beautiful. Uh, it's a great place to play, and, and there's not a bad seat in the house, so the fans are very entertained. They get in there. Uh, they check it all out. They, take, they soak it in, which is something I encourage everyone to do if you're going to go to the game. Soak it in, man. Enjoy the stadium because it's, it is brand new. And so, uh, yeah, it, it's, it's, it's great. It's a very loud venue as it's closed off. It's, you know, it's a dome. Uh, they have some Lenoir doors that they can open up on the side, but they haven't opened them up yet. And so uh, it's very, very loud. And when the Raider Nation gets going, they get going. So it's it's going to be a pretty raucous crowd on, on Sunday, especially coming off the loss to the Chargers. Uh, mm-hmm. There's going to be a lot of Raider fans that want to, to get back to winning ways and help their team try to affect the game as well as sit there and enjoy the game. Yeah, because like I said, that was something we talked about over the summer with it being a new place, a new home uh, and everything, wondering – but also, it's Las Vegas, so it's a destination. I know from the moment that the schedule came out, uh, the various, uh, you know, on Twitter and the various groups, the Facebook groups that I'm a part of, uh, you know, for Bear fans and stuff all over the place, who's going to Vegas in October, who's going to Vegas in October, who's going to Vegas in October, just wondering how heavy it was going to be in favor of the Raiders, or were they going to have to win over the area before that could happen uh, kind of thing. So you're saying it's all Raiders or, you know, mostly Raiders from the beginning. Yes, it's, okay. it's mostly Raiders from the beginning. Now, the Miami game, there was definitely Dolphin fans there. There's going to be Bears fans there because they right. travel very well. There's a lot of Chicago Bears fans in Las Vegas. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I mean, they're going to be there representing, but uh, it's it's a very loud building, and uh, you'll hear it through the broadcast uh, that the Raider fans will get up there, and, and when it's third and long or whatever, third and short, they'll make all the noise in the world. I mean, they're just they're, they do a really good job with that. Uh, so yeah, it's it's there's no mistaking that that's the Raiders' home field. Yeah, because last night was strange. Uh, you know, the, the the Raiders fans that still live in California apparently descended on 
SoFi because Justin Herbert was having trouble with crowd noise uh, yep. in, in the early going uh, of that game. It's not often that crowd noise is a, is a problem for both teams uh, in a stadium uh, like that. But, uh, you know, the Raiders were definitely very, very heavy in, uh, in SoFi uh, last night. So, I mean, they traveled just as well, if not uh, as, you know, as well as, as Bear fans uh, do as far as, you know, following their team from place to from place to place. But since most of them still live in the California area, that, that's, not a t- that's not a tough trip for them to make. It was almost like a home game for the Raiders last night. It was a home game. I mean, it's L.A. L.A. Yeah. They won a Super Bowl in L.A. So, I mean, they're still the most popular football team in L.A. I mean, they're more popular than the Rams or the, the Chargers. I mean, it's just – I mean, the Rams are closer, but the, the Raiders ultimately are the only team, only pro team to win a Super Bowl in L.A., you know, mm-hmm. to this day. So, uh, yeah, that's 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 a home game. I mean, it always is. It didn't matter if the Chargers were in San Diego or now that they're in L.A. It really doesn't matter. Even when they played the Rams in the preseason, there was a ton of Raider fans there at the stadium. So, I mean, that, they're just going to hold it down. That's – that's how it goes, um, and, and Raider Nation's great. They travel everywhere, so uh, not not a shock at all on my part. So let's uh, talk about my guys uh, for a second, and uh, I would like to get your opinion on Matt Nagy and how he is handling the Justin Fields uh, situation uh, because we as Bear fans are at the end of the proverbial rope here. We just – we don't I, – I don't get it, and neither do basically anyone – that I talk to. I haven't spoken to anyone who's who's like, okay, let's relax and see where Matt's going with this. No, because he's talking about if Andy Dalton is healthy, that's who you guys are going to be facing on Sunday. Never mind what Justin Fields just did uh, on on Sunday against the Lions, regardless of the fact that it was the Lions. We saw the progress we needed to see. He survived that beating he took in Cleveland, which was a beating so bad, Q, a lot of young rookie quarterbacks don't recover from a game like that. You know, you never see them act the same again because they're running for their lives at the slightest hint uh, of danger. Justin Fields took it all on and came back and spit in the face of the Lions, and you know, and had a, a fantastic uh, game. And yet, despite his progress and, and showing that he's mentally tough to handle something like that, he's going to the bench if Andy Dalton can play on Sunday. Yeah, I, I really don't have any answer. I mean, it's, it's <laughs> Matt Nagy. I mean, he's obviously he's on his coaching hot seat. Um, he's probably feels more confident that the veteran gives him the better chance of winning, but I don't know, just based off everything you said, I don't know if that's the truth. So yeah. uh, it should be interesting. The, obviously, the Bears have a good defense, a really good defense, and all they need to do is a guy that can pull the trigger and be the, the trigger guy and, and, and have a good offense. But, uh, yeah, I'm not too sure what Matt Nagy has going on and the Bears, but, you know, it's, it's I guess it is what it is. got to roll with what the coach said until he's no longer the coach. And, I guess a few more losses, and, and especially embarrassing losses, he might not be the coach that much longer. Well, I mean, that's the thing, Q. After the Cleveland game, taking a look at the schedule, it's like, okay, well, we have the Lions, so that's that. I mean, you know, they're 0-3. They're, that's happening for a reason. They're definitely in rebuilding mode. But after that, you are you have the Raiders on the road, home for the Packers, on the road for Tampa Bay, at home for the 49ers, on the road on Monday night against the uh, Steelers by week home for the Ravens. So that's a six game stretch. We're not going to be favored to win any of those games and we could definitely lose all six. And I don't see Matt Nagy surviving a second consecutive six game losing streak. And he's not putting his team in the best position to offset that by putting the lesser of the two quarterbacks in there because he has this plan that he is dead set against or dead set uh, sticking to. I mean, he just, he won't let it go. It's, uh, you know, there, there's that old saying. It's like, if you want to make God laugh, tell him your plans. It's like, well, the plan changed, man. Dalton got hurt. Justin Fields stepped up, and he's won us a football game and, you know, looked like the kid that we drafted 11th overall, but you're going to put him on the bench anyway rather than see if he can keep growing from here. So, because it's not part of the plan. He's sticking to the Mahomes plan where Mahomes sat for the first 16 weeks, played a meaningless week 17 game and has been off and running ever since. So, uh, you know, it's just, that's what's blowing the mind of anyone who's a bear fan all the way from, you know, me, the armchair analyst all the way up to, uh, you know, beat writers. I mean, and it's Justin Fields. So it's a national story, man. It is everywhere. So, I mean, it's, it's being talked about by anybody who's going to have an opinion on anything, and none of it is like, yeah, Matt Nagy knows what he's doing. Just sit back and watch him do it. Nobody is in support of this plan. Yeah, I mean, again, it's, it's 
it's I guess his plan. I mean, that's what he, he's <laughs> trying to do. And look, the Patrick Mahomes deal worked out great for him. I think he was a different animal. Obviously, he has a different you know team and uh, core around him, and had a different core and team around him. Had a really good mentor in Alex Smith. Uh, I, I don't know. I've, I've always been told that if you put a rookie quarterback in there, you're not expecting to win. And I think that Matt Nagy expects that uh, Andy Dalton gives him the best chance still to win. And that's what he's going for because he knows that he's on he's on a hot seat. You know, I don't know when the bye week is for Chicago, but I'm assuming if he's on a losing streak, then he'll probably be let go in the bye week. Yeah, it's week 10. Oh, there you go. Week 10 <laughs> after because uh, it's it's this and then four more before the uh, before the bye week. And um yeah, so it's it's. I mean, it's it's a it's been a, a point of frustration uh, since the uh, since the, I mean, well, pretty much all season because I mean, ever since we drafted him, he's been talking about you know been heavy you know oh, Dalton's going to be our starter. He's going to be right. our week one guy. Okay, fine. And uh, but also talking out the other side of his mouth, saying, well, we're not going to leave him on the bench just to leave him on the bench. We're going to play him when we think he's ready uh, and, you know, we're going to put him out there and, uh, you know, all that kind of stuff. And he's always kind of left that door open, which kind of led people to believe that he was more in support of seeing Justin Fields play sooner rather than later. And yet every one of his actions since week one or since the preseason actually has been Dalton's the guy, Dalton's the guy, Dalton's the guy, despite all the evidence to the contrary. Dalton was awful in the preseason. Justin Fields was brilliant. And yet, Fields was was uh you know was not our week one starter. He only played due to injury, and my only theory is that maybe Matt Nagy was burned by the whole you don't lose your job to injury rule. You know that unwritten thing that you're not supposed to lose your job if you get hurt. You get it back when you're healthy again. And Nagy just lost his job to his replacement. He never got it back. Maybe that's what he's hanging on. I don't know because his plan. There's the plan's not there anymore, dude. It's over with. We, Justin Fields is the guy. He's the future. Let's stick with him and let him grow. Because uh, quarterback is that position. You got to learn by playing, man. This is one of those things. He's not going to learn by watching Andy Dalton run a different offense. Because the the game plan completely changes from one quarterback to the next. They're good at different things. And so I just don't understand what Nagy's what Nagy's trying to pull here. Yeah, um, I mean, hey, if you don't understand, I don't understand. I mean, that's, you know, I, I, I don't have any idea. You know, I, I really don't. I just, I know that uh, the Andy Dalton's a vet. I know that yep. Justin Fields is not. And, you know, he's he's shown signs of brilliance. He's shown signs of being a rookie. So, yes. um, you know, these guys are in practice with him. So I just have to, from a distance, I have to trust what Matt Nagy's saying. But Ooh. from everything you're saying, Matt Nagy has no idea what he's talking about. Yeah. So, like, um, well, who knows? I, it, well, I don't know if, if, if saying you have to trust what he's saying is is the proper – you just have to accept what he's saying because nobody out here trusts it. Basically because our, yeah. our eyes are telling us something completely different. You know, well, what we what yeah, we see like – I, I, yeah. I, I don't have any idea. Right, of course. Uh, but, you know, it's just one of those things. I'm just venting, dude. I'm so pissed off about this. It's so, it's so frustrating because uh, this has been a problem with Nagy for the – since – well, for the last two years uh, at least – where it's just it doesn't everything that seems obvious to basically everyone seems to, he's just oblivious to it. He's got blinders on. He's going to do things his way. Olin Crude, so who I'm sure you you know who that is, was an offensive lineman for us for years. Uh, does uh, post game analysis and stuff like that, and he had a quote that's that stuck with me ever since. And I know my listeners are probably sick of hearing me say it, but it's it the, nothing has made more sense since he since he said it, which was I don't think Matt Nagy's so interest so much so interested in winning as he is an interest in winning his way, you know, yeah, like he's, I think a lot of coaches have that problem. Yeah, they really do. There's a lot of coaches that, that don't set their team up for success. They just, they want to make sure that they do it their way. And, and sometimes that works. And a lot of times it doesn't. So yeah, that's, that's probably not the way to go. So, I mean, again, I don't think that Matt Nagy's going to be the head coach that much longer anyway. Yeah. So I think you just have to ride it out. Yeah. I think that's what we're all destined to do anyway, just riding it out. But yeah, it doesn't, uh, doesn't make it any easier. Uh, to live with, you know what I mean. So, right. Um, so we're we're looking forward to this game uh, on Sunday. The Bears uh, are are coming in, uh, th- you know, two and two. We we've we've beaten. Well, actually, we've we actually beat a good team. The Bengals aren't looking too shabby uh, in no, the first not. four weeks. They're three and one. They're only lost to to us, and that's because Burrow threw three picks and three straight uh, drives against us. We were able to turn that into enough points to make it hard for them to come back on us. But uh, you know, we just got our we just got evened out our record against the bad football team 
uh, in the Lions. We are winless on the road thus far and going into what could be a very hostile uh, environment. And, and like you said, it's Khalil Mack's first homecoming because the last time we played you guys was in London. So he didn't really right. have a proper, uh, you know, hello with the, with the Raiders fans since he's departed uh, in, in, in 2018. And, and I, I'm very interested to see how this game is going to, to pan out because it can go out based on, you know, with the way we played a couple of weeks ago in Cleveland would be one extreme, the way that we played against the Lions being the other, and then how you guys looked the first three weeks and how you looked last night. It could be a combination of any of those things that can make this game uh, what it's supposed to be on Sunday, and I'm very interested to see how it all shakes out. Well, yeah, I mean, that's the, that's the beauty of it. You know, every week is a new week in the NFL. A team could look like trash one week and look great the next week, and uh, again, I'm not calling the Raiders trash because I think they're a really good team, but they just had a bad game on Monday yeah. night. So they got a rebound. I think the Bears are a good team. Uh, of course, they're trying to figure out that quarterback position, but I think they're a good team too. So I think it's going to be a tough test uh, for both teams. Uh, I, I like the Raiders in this game just because they're playing at home. I think they get a little bit of, of, of burn from their crowd. I think they help affect the game a little bit. And I think that they find a way to bounce back after a, a, a struggle performance on Monday Night Football. So not really – sure what the score is going to be not really sure how much i think they win by i just think that they find a way to bounce back and and i'm gonna have to agree with you because you talked about trust a moment ago i trust the raiders to be able to do what they need to do better than i trust my team to do what we're supposed to especially since i can't trust the coach to put the best team on the field right you know he's gonna put andy dalton out there uh you know fresh off of a, a knee injury and it's I mean, the other thing is he might take play calling back with Andy Dalton out there. I guess he just figured out he doesn't know how to run the offense with Justin Fields. Bill Lazor does. I mean, I don't know if, you know, who knows with this guy. Honestly, we just have no idea uh, what to expect. So I trust the Raiders to be able to do what it is they need to do to win the game. Uh, and I trust Joe, John, John Gruden to outcoach Matt Nagy every day of the week and twice on Sunday. So it's just, uh, you know, I got to go with that. So not only do I think you guys have a better team uh, than us, you far as superior coach compared to ours. So, I mean, our guy can't help, but uh, he can't get out of his own way. So that's, uh, that's our biggest problem uh, for our guy. And, uh, you know, we don't know who our starting quarterback is going to uh, be. We don't know who we're getting back from injury. We know you don't have to face David Montgomery. You guys can sleep a lot better knowing that. Uh, for sure. And we don't know how hobbled Damian Williams is going to be with the thigh bruise uh, on Sunday. So it could be Khalil Herbert as the starting running back with whoever we have on the practice squad running the football for us. And so that means we're going to have to rely on the quarterback. And if it's Andy Dalton, we're going to lose. So that's just how I feel. Well, there you go. Uh, I'm sure Raider <laughs> fans will be excited to hear that. But uh, again, I mean, they got to get it done on the field and uh, John Gruden's got to come up with a game plan and and, you know, make it happen. But I think this is going to really be a, a tough game for both teams and should be interesting to see how it all shakes out. So, uh, you know, Sunday can't come quick enough for, I guess, either team. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, like I said, it's, it's going to be uh, interesting. The only thing that I dislike about it being a West Coast game, which means it's, it's a late afternoon start for us out here, so I got to wait longer to find out how good or bad this is going to go uh, for us uh, on Sunday. But uh, I look forward to it. I look forward to the atmosphere because I know there are a ton of Bear fans coming out to this game, and I'm wondering how heavy it's going to be, uh, you know, what the environment is is going to be like because you have two of the most dedicated fan bases uh, colliding with each other uh, on Sunday in one of those places that everybody loves to go to being – uh, Las Vegas. So, I mean, it's just, it's going to be a, a crazy environment. And, and I envy you that you get to see it up close. Yeah, it's going to be fun, man. I can't wait. You know, I get to be part of the pregame show and everything. So, yeah, it should be a lot of fun uh, being out there and, and being in that environment. And, you know, it's not a bad place to go to work on Sundays. You know, I'll, I'll take it. Uh, it's, a, it's a great, it's a great venue. Uh, the fans will be in there fired up. And so it'll, it'll be a fun day, fun afternoon in Las Vegas. And after the game, uh, regardless if, uh, you know, the Raiders win or the, the Bears win, whatever happens, uh, you can always go down to the Strip and hang out afterwards if you're uh, in town. So uh, that's it, it's also a little bit of a, a bonus there. Yeah, turn Las Vegas into lost wages, just like that. There you go. All right, Q, where else uh, can we keep busy? Because we're not finding you in Central Texas anymore, right? No, no, no. I'm on Raider Nation Radio, 920, 2 to 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, Monday through Friday. Of course, the Locked On Raiders podcast, Monday through Friday. Uh, I do a Locked On Bet show with my guy, Lee Sterling. 
Locked on NFL, I do that as well. Um, you know, and I'll be at the stadium. I'll be on the pregame show. Just um, working, 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 man. That's what we do. Do you have a, you know, like a sidekick that throws the, the jacket over your shoulders when you seem to be crumbling before you can, so it can pop you back up like the, the old James Brown bit that he used to do on stage? Nah, I can't afford no sidekick, man. I got to hold it myself. <laughs> All right, Q. Thanks so much, man. We'll talk to you again real soon. All right, man. Appreciate you. Have a good one. Always a great time having Q uh, on the show. Uh, look forward to uh, creating a reason to have him back on again sometime in the future. Because now we're back on the rotation. We won't see the Raiders again uh, for a couple of years. Uh, I think, what was it? When did we play him? We played him 2019. So it'll be 2023 before we know the Raiders and the AFC West will be on the schedule again. So it'll be a little time before we've uh before we know we're definitely going to see Q back on the show. So uh anyway. I, I you know, I I'm I'm suddenly liking our chances in this game. Right now I'm still picking the 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 Raiders. Uh you know, you, you heard me saying there is this, this is my glass half empty uh kind of point of view because I didn't trust I trusted the Raiders to be able to do what they needed to do versus what the Bears uh needed to do. Uh, well, the Bears did step one, which was put Justin Fields in the uh, starting lineup. Bill Lazor is still calling the plays, and I know it's not going to look the same way or as easy as it did uh, against the Lions, but the potential for those plays with Darnell Mooney and the deep crossing routes with Allen Robinson uh, and whatnot uh, now are more, or obviously more possible than they were when uh, we were going headlong into the return of Andy Dalton. Uh, this week so uh, I, what I would really love to see and we'll talk more about it tomorrow on the deep dive uh, preview is uh, to get our tight ends more incorporated because uh, Cole Komet is off to the same cold start that he was last season when we we're barely uh, using him uh, you know with uh, I f- forget uh, what the stats were but it was something ridiculous like eight targets in the first seven games or something nonsensical uh, like that. Uh, I mean, and the other thing was, you know, a lot of that had to do with Jimmy Graham being the starter coming into the season. That is not the case this year. It's like we're getting even less from Jimmy Graham. We've got like four or five tight ends on the roster, and we're really not using any of them, aside from last week when Laser started using them as blockers uh, in the offense to help run the football and, and do the power eye with J.P. Holtz as the H-back and, uh, and what have you. But, uh, you know, I'd really like to see Cole Komet and uh, Jimmy Graham, especially in the red zone, uh, catching passes. This is what, uh, I mean, Jimmy Graham led the team in touchdown receptions because he had like five or six red zone TDs last year. So uh, I I would really like to see our tight ends uh, used a bit more and to try to eat up some more of the middle of the the field. Because if I'm the Raiders, I'm trying to protect from the hashtag, from the... uh, Hash on out, you know, from the hash to the to the numbers or to the sideline. There's the 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 area of the the seas, the field. I'm most likely to defend. That's where the ball is going, as according to, you know, if you look at Justin Fields' passing chart. Aside from a couple of throws across the middle to Robinson and Mooney, he's going to the outside. He's going outside the numbers to uh, to uh, to throw the uh, throws passes. So. I would like to see us mix it up a little bit more in the uh, passing game. So, And uh, I'm very interested to see how the running game is going to work. I, I saw that today on Wednesday, um, Damian Williams was a full participant with the thigh bruise. Uh, so I guess it wasn't as, uh, you know, it was more of a panic thing that uh, when we heard that he got hurt in the, uh, at the end of the Lions game. But uh, to see what the running game would look like with... Uh, with Damian Williams as, as running back one and uh, Khalil Herbert as number two. Uh, we did sign Artavis Pierce back to the practice squad. Maybe he could be one of those guys that gets elevated uh, to game day status. We'll, uh, we'll see. And also, um, I want to see what that new uh, punt returner, kick returner, uh, is going to look like that uh, is uh, the replacement for uh, Simba Webster, who got tossed out for, uh, you know, doing the old Ted Ginn 
uh, impersonation. The thing was kind of lost in the lost in the sauce on uh, on Sunday was uh, you know with Justin Fields and having the day that he had and and us actually winning the game. Whereas uh, you know when Ten Ginn was doing his uh, not going to return the ball nonsense, it was on Monday night against the Rams uh, and everything, and uh, basically him allowing us to be buried deep in our own territory because he wouldn't go after it. It was kind of lost in in that because of all of the other positivity surrounding it. But I think that's why Simba Webster is out there looking for work, and we traded a 2023 draft choice, uh, a six-rounder, so don't get too uh, worried, but a 2023 six-round pick to uh, bring this guy in from the uh, Dolphins. So... I'll be interested to see how it all shakes out. We'll talk more about that on the deep dive uh, preview tomorrow. And, um, you know, again, just want to thank you for for taking the time. He is the busiest man in show business uh, right now. He's uh, actually the program director for like three stations now in in Las Vegas. So there's a lot more on his plate than there was uh, when we talked to him over the summer. He was still in Texas uh, over the summer. And uh, now it's a, a done deal. And you also heard there's three other podcasts that he's doing. Well, you know, th- uh, yeah, the, he's doing the Locked On Raiders, Locked On Bets, Locked On NFL. I did forget to ask him which day of the week he does Locked On NFL because it was kind of a rotating host schedule that they have uh, for that one. So I think uh, if you think back to when we talked to uh, Ross Jackson, I think he said Q was on Thursdays or Fridays. So check today, check the, tomorrow on Friday, see if Q was on there. But uh Anyway, come back tomorrow for the deep dive preview. We'll get you your uh, uh, your you know latest news and notes, injury status, injury reports, keys to the game, and everything else uh, in between. So uh, come on back tomorrow for the deep dive. We'll get you ready for Bears and Raiders on Sunday. And until then, my name is Larry D, and this has been the Bears Talk Underground.